I think the first thing is just treat people like people, you know, uh, like a human being. And I think that we forget that sometimes, right? We get so pulled into the numbers and, you know, reading this management book or going on the website or taking an MBA program or what have you, which are all great things. But I think that we forget the human touch. It's time for a new era of communication in the swine industry. One that you can get the latest updates while commuting or driving to farms. Here you will have the brightest minds of the global swine industry in your pocket. Swinet Podcast is only possible with the support of forward-looking and innovative companies like AB Vista, new nutritional perspectives and novel enzyme applications to drive pig production. Eastman works with you to accelerate your nutritional program innovation. Start your journey with us at Eastman.com. Adiseo is a worldwide leader in animal nutrition, providing nutritional solutions and services which fuel predictable profits. Genesis, the first power in genetics. This episode's sponsored highlight is about Genesis. Genesis is the largest independent producer of high healthy registered purebred swine on the globe, having over 80% of all registered purebred breeding stock in Canada. The Genesis genetic program uses genomic selection strategies focused on productivity, faster growth, efficiency, high yield, and meat quality. To know more, go to genesis.com. That's G-E-N-E-S-U-S.com. Hello, everyone. I'm Laura Greiner, your host for today's Swine It podcast. And with me today, I have Anthony Vigilante, who is a managing director. Hi, Anthony. How are you today? Hi, Laura. Thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited about this uh, podcast. Anthony, we're really excited to have you on today. And I think the topic that we're going to cover is going to be really, really good once we get into it. Um, but before we do, maybe give a little bit more background about yourself. I have you listed as a managing director, but I think maybe a little bit more might be helpful for the team. Sure. Thank you, Laura. So I may possibly, I, I've, I've listened to and watched a bunch of your podcasts and they're always fun, but I may be a little different than some of your other guests. I'm not directly uh, in the field that, that folks are used to seeing, but I think our topic is relevant to all fields and especially your field as well. Uh, I'm in the financial industry. I work in Manhattan. Uh, I've been there at, working in Manhattan at a financial company for over 20 years. Uh, and have worked in other industries prior to that. Um, basically, uh, my role is I run technology. I'm also a chief security officer. So really technology security have always been my uh, technical expertise and background. But uh, what I always say to folks is, yes, that, that was like that in the beginning in the first few years. But you probably don't want me fixing your computer now. <laughs> Uh, really now I'm, I'm a manager and I've become a manager through the years. And, and I, as the years have gone on, I've realized that concept more and more that I'm, I'm actually a manager. And I think what I'd like to share is the fact that once you're a manager, one department, you could be a manager, in another department. And what are the skills that I think are necessary in being a good manager? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's such a great topic today, and it's one that we continue to have in our industry. Um, We are labor short, uh, certainly as an industry, as many are. But again, when we think about promoting and encouraging folks as they develop their talents, 
one of the natural steps we do is is put them into some type of a manager role. And again, that's not skills that they're generally equipped with. Most of us come from an animal background. And so maybe let's just start there with how do you how do you look at creating a manager? So when somebody is is approaching that step of being ready for a manager role, what are some things that we need to be doing to help create that manager? Yeah, that's a really good question. And to your point, it's it's a really important to be thinking like this, especially now with this more remote work and hybrid work and all of that. It's even more difficult to manage a, a team of people. Uh, so I think the timing of this is 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 perfect. Uh, but usually what I would say to uh, someone inspiring to be a manager or on that cusp ready to, to make the leap, um, I think at first you would supervise and, and, and do things like that, be a team lead and some of those, you know, follow all those steps that we're all used to. But what I really, as I mentor managers, other managers, senior managers, what I try to say, I think the first thing is just treat people like people. You know, uh, like a human being. And I think that we forget that sometimes, right? We get so pulled into the numbers and, you know, reading this management book or going on the website or taking an MBA program or what have you, which are all great things. But I think that we forget the human touch. And not only when you're mentoring someone, you need that human touch, but you need them to understand whether managing a team that just treat their team like people, not a number, not a resource, uh, not a cog. Uh, and, and I think that that is probably to me the most important step. And then you can start doing the other things, but really it's a mindset. And I don't think anyone means is, it means harm by that or they're a bad person because it's just natural. I think your teachings, and all the years of being in either corporate America or whatever, what you know, any industry out there, when you get to the point of management, you almost get trained in this way where we're worrying about the wrong things, worry about the right things, and then the other things will 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 come. Yeah, no, and I think that's a very very good comment is to treat people, remind the, remind yourself that there are people take time to get to know your team. Um, I know some of our teams hate the team building exercises, but sometimes it's, uh, at least for me, when I was a manager role, we would, we would do retreats and the retreats were open conversations at times around what works, what doesn't work, what can I do better even as a manager, um, and getting that feedback. And then I think the second step to that though, as a manager is following through. Um, that is one where I tend to see people maybe not being engaged where they need to be is they may not follow through with those next steps. Right. Is that, is that a fair process you see? I, absolutely. And, and I think what people forget is the word is to be a leader, right? Uh -huh. You don't want to be a manager. You want to be a leader. And what that means is it could be different to different people, right? So you do need to, and should want to get to know your folks. Right. I think that once you get to know them a little bit, then you can understand what, you know, turns them on intellectually, what gets them motivated, you know, and it'll be very different to other people. And again, 
as you're doing that, you're teaching that to them as well. So to your point about next steps is that is, that is a key is just understand that you're, you're a leader. People are going to be watching you. People are going to be learning from you and you should be doing the right things and you should be treating people the right way. Even when people sometimes don't act the way that perhaps they should, or you'd like them to, uh, I think you still should try to treat people fairly. Uh, again, everybody's watching, including your good employees. So if you have a, a problem employee or, tr- you know, trouble employee, or just a, an employee that's a little more difficult to train, which that can happen, uh, just remember that you're a leader. And I think that that's the, the next piece for, for that person to remember, treat someone fairly. And then I am, I'm a leader. I need to act that way. <laughs> yeah. And that's a very good point. One of the things I actually have heard from multiple groups is, okay, well, once you have a team, you need to do a disc assessment, a strengths finder, something along that line to to develop the team. Is is that approach you take um, as well? Or do you believe that, that that's maybe not necessary to be an effective manager of a team? My opinion, and of course, there's many different ways of doing this, is okay. I like those programs when you're hiring before you hire someone. If you want to leverage and utilize those programs, makes sense. I'm looking for this type of individual, or I have this type of team. This is what I'm trying to build. That That's fine. Um, I don't like to look too much into it, but there, I think if you use that along with other things that you do, uh, the first step is, is for sure uh, building your team. Um, but one thing I do when I interview is it's not some folks interview. It's all about the technical skills, whatever your industry is, it's all about the technical skills. And I don't necessarily believe in that. I believe that the technical skills perhaps is 50% of what you should be looking at. Technical skills are teachable, or if they have a background, they have a degree and they have these things or they have experience you probably are going to assume that they have some sort of technical chops. And if they're missing some things, because every company is different, you can teach those things, especially you're dealing with a smart individual who's has a degree and, and, and done these other things. So I think that the other 50% is really the personality. And I think that that's where your question comes in. Yes, you can use a disc assessment or any of these other assessments that are out there. Um, uh, but also it's the interview process. Uh, just talking to the person, asking certain questions that are maybe outside of uh, technical questions, um, inviting other folks that you trust into the meeting to help ask some questions. And you just listen. I like to listen in interviews and do less talking. Uh, and I'll, I like to listen to my senior team members ask questions uh, and not interrupt with the person who's being interviewed. Because if you allow them to talk, they'll either talk themselves up and shine or they'll talk themselves into a hole Uh, and I've seen that happen but allow them to do that because I think if you ask a question they answer it that you don't see any color you just see black and white answer question but if you just let them go and don't say anything crazy things sometimes come out of that conversation so uh, so that's how I like to assess a personality that is through interviewing. And yes, you could use tools if you like to, uh, but well, once the person is hired, 
I do less of that, but of course you're always evaluating the person and always making sure that it's the right fit. And you're always making changes like these two are together and they're in this team and they're, that's, this is their responsibility. So I think you, you do need to kind of reinvent the team and the person from time to time. Um, and then, yes, I will look at and think about their personality. Uh, but I, I do less of that, um, less of the assessment tests during their employment and more of me just watching or asking the other senior employees that if you have a big team, they maybe report directly to them and then you have conversations about those folks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really good point. Um, I actually used it a little bit once they were hired. Um, actually, I would keep, we did disc. That's what I was trained by. We would have, I would have it on the wall. I'd have my circle and I would have each team member in their, their quadrant. And I found it actually helped me as a manager communicate because I'm a very detail oriented person. And I found that my doers, my people who really just wanted to go get something done would get frustrated by me because I would take my time or I would give a list. Or maybe I had an employee who really needed a list and I didn't give them one. And I was always marking them as being unable to complete tasks as desired on their evaluation. But then I learned, oh, this is really what they needed to be an effective teammate. Um, and I also found that it solved some drama. So if, if there's communication challenges, you could say, oh, but remember, this person needs communication this way. This person prefers it that way. Um so I think you're you're absolutely right. It's really good for hiring because I what I saw was the need for balance. Right? I couldn't have all doers and I couldn't have all critical thinkers. Um, but even within the management aspect, it it taught me a, a different way to look, especially since I wasn't a manager by training. Uh, it just kind of gave me a quick reminder of, hey, remember, these people are different than you, and you have to think about you know how to work with them, how to communicate, and understand you know their needs, but. Um, yeah, that's a good point. Absolutely. Yeah, and and to that, you know, as a manager, a good manager, because there's a lot of managers out there, but we're talking about wanting to be a good manager or a great manager and leader. You do need to be flexible. We're not perfect, <laughs> and our style is not perfect, and our style does not work for everyone. So we need to be flexible. And the way to do that, I think, in the beginning, one of the first steps really is visualizing: what type of leader do I want to be? What type of team do I want to have? And if there's certain strengths that you do not have, or there's a weakness that you've noticed in your management skills, well, then that's where you hire or you have one of your senior leaders on your team manage as well. And you can have folks report to that person. Maybe this person just shouldn't be reporting to you directly because your styles are different. Uh, What you want is you want to get the most out of an employee, right? The last thing you want to do is fire someone, right? You really want to try to do the right thing and try to try all the different things before you get to that point. But firing is important, but we, we get there at another time. But perhaps it's just moving as you shift things around, that person reports to someone else or is in a different team and you take a different um, lead on that individual. And and, and that's fine. So I, I like to visualize, I, I like to tell leaders to visualize what you're trying to do. If you join a new organization or you're building a new team, what kind of team are you trying to build? Who, what kind of leader are you trying to be? Who are gonna be your senior people under you? Are you gonna have one or two or three that report to you and then they report, you know, what's the structure? Those things are really, really important because when you're hiring, those 
folks that are going to be direct reports to that other manager have should have more of a say on that individual. You could attend the interview and you could give your feedback, but allow your senior manager who you trust to make that final decision because perhaps they work well and gel together and maybe your personality does not. So again, that's why visualizing is is the first step. Yeah, that's a great step actually. And it's one that especially as a growing company, if, if it's a group that's growing, that that visualization may change, right? That that visual appearance of your team may change over time. And so as you mentioned earlier, you, you kind of come back and you revisit how the team should look, how the the program should flow. And and so being flexible and understanding over time as you grow, things can change is really important. And and that's a really good point because the demographics of a team change on the size of a team. So if you start and have three members of a team, and then in a few years you have 20 members, it's very different how you would manage that and structure that. So being flexible is important, especially in a company that's growing because you need to change how you manage. Otherwise, you won't, how you were successful with three people is not how you're going to be successful with 100 people for sure. <laughs> right. Yeah. You you also mentioned too um, a little bit about maybe moving people around, which I think is really important. So I thought popped into my head. We had an employee that wasn't working really well in one area. And I said, hey, you know what? I think they have a talent that I could use in my team. Let me bring them over. You know, my management style is different than the other. And, you know, the the person really prospered. They did really well in that area. And I think that's a, a big piece is retention, how we recognize employee retention. And and so as a manager, you know, what are some things you look for either in, in knowing when to keep employees, when to maybe move them around? And then even how do you how do you encourage retention? Because let's be honest, employee retention in the United States is not very good across most most industries today. So what can we do to keep them there as a manager? So yeah, that two great questions. So the first one developing it's it's part of the development process, right? As you're develop so so now you've hired the right folks. Great. Um great job. Now you're now you're in that development stage, right? Because it, it never it never ends. Uh, and I think that you need to realize, it's important to realize what's important to that individual. What gets them excited? Um, what do they enjoy doing? Of course, not, we're not always going to do only the things we enjoy, but, uh, you know, know a little bit about their background, you know, uh, their personal life. I think that helps you uh, in developing an individual. And then that's where you start matching things. As a team starts growing and you need to move things around, you develop, you see certain folks are developing in a certain way and others are developing a different way. And you try to group those folks appropriately. Sometimes you mix them up so this person could help that person. Uh, but there's other times where they need to have similar personalities and work skills, work ethics, and put them together. Not only as a team, it's important that they gel, but then the the individual you put above them, if it's not you, if it's another senior manager, you need to make sure that you're putting someone, this is really complicated, uh, that you're putting someone who has the strengths to handle that particular team. And sometimes it's just as easy as swapping the folks that they report to. 
just doing a swap because now all of a sudden things are working because this person is a little more uh, delicate how they work with a team where this person is a little more forceful and some employees respond better with a forceful boss and some do not. Some respond better with a you know, more caring boss, which again, which is why diversity is important when hiring. You need to have a diverse team so that you have different styles of management, different styles of people, because uh, everyone is going to respond differently. Again, that becomes more and more important as the team grows. So that I, th I hope answers the development or moving things around question, though I know it's not easy and we could probably spend hours on each one of these points. Um, but re retention is a, is a really interesting one for me. And it's, the, it, there's a lot of layers to that, but it's a whole lot of things we talked about treating someone like a person, understanding who they are, understanding what's important to them. Um, you know, knowing them and their spouse's name or kid's name is nice. You know, it's, it's kind of cold when you work with someone for a year and you have no idea that they, you know, have uh, a newborn because that's the most precious thing in their life and you don't care. You didn't ask them about that or whatever. So those things are important. Um, but also I think what is super important is a team, an organization needs to have a personality. We, yeah, we need okay. to know who we are. They need to know who they are. They know who they are as an individual, but why am I here? Like I could just go somewhere else and have the same thing and maybe make, you know, $10,000 more, but they're not going to do that. If a, you treat them like a person, you know who they are and you, you have a personality. You know, I joke for the sports fans, like the new England Patriots, they always had a personality. They were the best defense. They were the, no matter who got hurt, they still did this. They still did that. They were winners. You know, they had a personality, which is why they always win. Even when they don't have much talent, they win somehow, right? People get attracted to that. Uh, and when you're there, you want to work hard. So the first step is building a personality. Who, who are we? What, you know, what makes us different than another team? If you're an IT team, why are we the best IT team out there? We're the best IT team because we care. We do these things. I have this uh, this this uh, mantra or motto that I like to use. It's called impact. Uh, and of course, you could create any fun acronym and create any words you want and whatever. But I think when you make it fun and, and impact is, you know, and again, we could spend hours on this, but I'll quickly just, you know, innovation, mindful, partnership, accountability, communication, trust. I think those words are probably obvious to the audience of what they mean. If you want me to jump more into any of them, I can, but, but what it really, what it is, is that's who we are. So when we have meetings, team meetings, we end or at the beginning of the meeting about impact. How do we make an impact? Uh, or I'll say to the team, Hey, wh what, why don't you tell the team about your favorite at out of, out of what's your favorite and what does it mean to you? But I try to just talk about it for a minute in a meeting and it reminds people who we are. You know, oh, we're the team that does these things and this makes us great. This makes us the best. And it kind of makes you want to be there because you feel like you're part of a great team. So when, and you are part of a great team. So when someone 
because it's inevitable that someone is going to try to hire you at some point, uh, tries to do that, you're going to say, why would I want to leave this family? This I have someone I report to who cares about me, treats me like a person, is flexible. I have this team. We all trust each other. We're all here for each other. You know, this is awesome. Um, maybe if someone offers me a lot more money, well, then I'll come to my boss and say, look, I love it here, but this is what's happening. You know, as opposed to, oh, by the way, I left. Why'd you leave? Oh, I got $10,000 more. Really? Like, <laughs> you should have you should have told me. So, you know, I, I, I think it's, again, there's a lot of, we can unpack this, you know, I, we could do, we could spend hours on it, but really it's how you treat the individual. Don't just pretend to care, really care, really. I mean, you work together, you spend a lot of hours together. You should care about your team uh, and create some sort of personality. Who, who are we? And then when someone goes outside of those lines, that's not who we are. This is who we are. Let's go back to who we are. I know that's who you are too. Uh, and that also helps you um, frame who you're not. And when you can do that, that's when we start getting into the what we don't want to do and let someone go. But that starts the conversation of we're trying everything to put this person into this and you don't want to be part of this. That's okay. But you just, you're going to have to, you know, we're going to have to move on. And, and I think that's where, you know, that piece comes into play. And that's important as well, because again, people are watching you. If someone is not performing and not caring, um, others are watching and we all know about the bad apples. So you, you do need to do something about that. Um, but yeah, that's, that's kind of how I feel, uh, retention, uh, works. Yeah. And I think you bring up a great point. Cause I saw that even when I was managing it. I had an employee that was struggling to to do what we needed him to do. We we'd go through the coaching process, right? We have an outline of of how we wanted him to progress and and timelines and and how we were going to help them elevate back to where we needed him to be from a team. But in the meantime, there's chatter in the background of, well, what are you really doing? And is that person getting away with stuff? And so I think you bring a, a very good point there about how you try to control that situation. Uh, which yeah. I think is always important because it does seem like when someone is not performing within the team, um, there's this almost like an evolution process of, of everybody wanting to push them out rather than pull them in. And so, yeah. you know, as a manager, that can be very difficult. Yeah. And it's also part of your personality of your team is ownership. I think that that's the key. And once they have ownership, then they're going to want you to do the right thing because it's about their team. This is their team. They're the best. Don't We don't want to allow this person to not, you know, allow us to be the best. We want to be the best. So I think that instilling that ownership and trust in the team and employees, that also motivates someone, most people. Of course, everyone's different and sometimes there's you need to be a little, a little more or less of that. But most people, if you allow them to take ownership of a situation and do it their way, uh, they appreciate that. And uh, it's not just a task, but it's also how we are as a team. Um, and I think the next one, right, that goes hand in hand with that is being honest. I think that we as leaders need to understand that honesty is so important. 
If okay. we made a mistake, admit that you made a mistake. If we're doing something different, don't blame someone else. Say, hey, we tried this. It didn't work. Let's try something else. You are responsible. If something goes wrong, it's my fault. Let's see how we can fix it. Uh, being honest, taking responsibility, being a leader, I think that's key as well. Because if you're not honest to the employees, to your team, they're not going to believe or trust in you anymore. And you need that trust and 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 belief. So all of these uh, things really, uh, really go hand in hand. And again, it, 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 I think keeps someone with you because they enjoy working with you. They'll do anything for you. If you really have, you know, hit all of those, check all those boxes, genuinely check all those boxes, people will, you know, you don't even have to ask them to, let's say, come in on the weekend to take care of something. They, they, they want to, they're taking ownership. It's important. They understand why it's important and they'll just do it. And they'll say, oh, by the way, I mean, I'm in a situation now where my team will say, oh, I was, I was in last week. Or sometimes they don't even tell me. I find out after the fact, I'm like, you were in on Sunday. I'm like, like, wow. Like, you know, they're not looking for credit. They've, they've taken ownership. They know the importance of it. They're they're doing it because it's important to them and it's important to the team. Yeah, that's an excellent point. For sure. And and I think you've hit some really key ones, you know, being a leader, being flexible, um, treating people like they're people, um, you know, taking that ownership and honesty. I think those are all very good points. And the ones as a manager we should have listed on our wall as, as constant reminders, in my opinion. Um, you know, and we are kind of running out of time, but I wanted to let you give kind of your, your key points or takeaways from today. But that to me, is kind of the what I'm going to put on my wall kind of situation. <laughs> awesome. Um, yeah. And I, and I really hope your audience is getting something out of this. I know some coming from a different industry, I really uh, hope these translate. Uh, but, you know, it's, you know, that, that ownership piece is important. And again, we talked about maintaining, right? So there's all these steps about finding and everything, but maintaining is so important. And I think that you, you always need to, mentor your team, work with your team. You need to be there for your team. I think that um, if you're not doing that, you could do all of the right steps and all the right order, but if you're not sitting there and actually continue to mentor them or mentor your senior folks so that they're mentoring them, then it's, it's, it's going to change. It's not, it's not going to last. So I think that that's also um, really key to to the to the team is to make sure that you're there for them and i think if you could take a couple a piece of advice is it's not about you it's not about the manager it's not about the company it's about them and that's when you talk to them and when you work with them when you sit there and have lunch with them it's about them if you, if take take your key employees to lunch and don't sit there and talk about, oh, did you do this? Did you do that? Uh, don't, you know, that's not what it's for, right? Talk about them. What's important to them? You know, I've told my employees, hey, you know, you should do these things because it makes you more marketable. Train, training, get, you know, get more experience, do these things. What's best for you that makes you more marketable? If that means someone else is going to, you know, get you and you'll, that's fine. If that's what's best for you, that's fine. I want you to be marketable. Some managers are afraid to train their employees because they're afraid to lose them. You, then 
you don't want that employee. If no one else wants that employee, then why would you want that employee? You want an employee who's de- who could constantly develops and learns and becomes a better person and that they're very marketable and they can go anywhere they want, but they choose to stay there with you because it's, you make it about them. And I think that that is the one important thing. And the other one I was just going to mention was integrity. And I, we already talked about honesty, integrity. You know, I think that those are so, so important for yourself and teaching them to your senior employees and your, your, the rest of your team is just do the right thing. If you, sometimes it hurts and sometimes it's not fun, but if you always do the right thing, it'll, it always works out at the end and people will do anything for you. And that's, that's to me, it's simple. It's easy. Like most things in life, it's common sense. You know, everyone's looking for the magic, you know, Hey, how do I lose, you know, 50 pounds? Okay. Eat better and exercise. You know, no one wants to hear the the truth, but it's common sense like everything else. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those are, those are absolutely great skills and, and talents to develop and, and key traits to possess as a manager. I do think they go a long ways and you, you certainly hit the nail on the head in, in many of those. It's time for our famous three. Swinet Podcast is only possible with the support of forward-looking and innovative companies like Swine Management to the Next Level, CloudFarms.com, Ivonic, we are sciencing the global food challenge, Healthy Farms by Bioverse, your manure management experts, MS Gold, the best hygiene products in livestock farming. Eastman serves veterinarians and nutritionists in agrochemical and animal health industries by helping them select, evaluate, and implement innovative nutritional programs. Eastman works with your team to customize your gut health approach in feed and water. Eastman's approach addresses nutritional and bacterial challenges and finds new ingredient preservation and hygiene solutions. Explore ways to accelerate and innovate your programs. Contact the animal nutrition team at eastman.com. Uh, Anthony, I do want to thank you for your time. Um, We do, at the end of these, ask our speakers a couple of common questions. Um, The first one is your favorite swine resource, but I'm going to probably take that one off the shelf since you're not really a a swine person. But is there a book or something that you might recommend that's related to the topic that we've talked about that that you reference periodically? Sure. Now, again, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate this. It's been a lot of fun. Uh, and I know you normally listening to your podcast, you normally ask for two, one swine, non- non-swine book. So I came with two books for you. Good. Uh, Good. <laughs> uh, neither are related to swine, but I hope you all, uh, you know, uh, forgive me for that. Uh, cool. One is going to be related, I think, to a team building. And it's called, it's a book called So Good They Can't Ignore You by Cal Newport. I don't know if you've ever read that or heard of it, but it's really good. And it, it just means building your skills as an individual. So it teaches someone going into a career that build your skills, keep building your skills, become the expert at something. A lot of folks say, follow your passion. I think passion is really important and it should coincide with, with what you want to do, but know what your strengths are and, and what would, how would you add value in this, what you're passionate about? and build it, become the expert. And that's kind of the whole concept. Just be so good they can't ignore you. And then at that point, when you're 10, 15, 20 years in or whatever, then 
you can start flexing a little bit and choosing where to go and how to do it. But just spend as much time as you can learning either through education, experience, and, and be an expert. Uh, that's one thing I recommend to my team. Uh, and the other book is kind of uh, more of a philosophy book. It's called The Untethered Soul, and that's by Michael A. Singer. And that's more of a book about uh, finding inner peace, uh, freedom, you know, detaching yourself from, you know, everyone has these thoughts and emotions that go on, right? I think we all are all the same. We're all human beings and we're, we have self-doubt and we have all this noise. I can't do this. Why am I, what am I crazy? Either when you're taking on a new project or changing a job or anything you're doing in your professional life, you're like overwhelmed. And I think this book grounds you. It grounded me. I really enjoy it because it reminds you that find that noise is happening and you can witness it, but you don't have to listen to it. Uh, no, it's there. So kind of you're, you're untethered. So you're kind of taking a step back. So it's really fun. I would definitely recommend everyone reading those two books and it, no matter what your uh, world is or what you're doing, I think it, it can really help. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I've heard of the second one. I hadn't heard of the first one. So I'll have to look into that one. That could be actually a really good one for young young leaders that are, are wanting to get some experience and think yes. about how they're going to lead in the future. Um, my my last question for you, Anthony, really comes back to a little bit more personal. So if you could think of someone in your life that you have defined as successful and success could look however you want to define it, what's a trait that that person possessed that you think has allowed them to be successful? That's a really, really good question. Um, so everything I've learned from a management perspective came from someone who mentored me through the years. Uh, um, she was the president of the firm I worked at, and uh, I reported to her for 20 plus years. She recently retired, uh, but she taught me, thank goodness I got to work for her. She taught me the right way of doing things. Because in our world, especially in the corporate world, most people are not doing things the right way. Uh, and you're taught to do things, you know, for optics or to climb the corporate ladder or all the wrong reasons. I think if you do things for the right reasons, those things will come. You'll climb the ladder. You'll make, you'll be successful. You'll, you'll, if you're looking to make money, whatever success is for you, but it's about doing the right things. And, and what she taught me was integrity. I used that word already a couple times in in this, and that that's where I learned it from. She she was the definition of that word. So uh, I'd have to say that she inspired me and inspires me every day. Uh, if I, you know, when I think of how you know how to do something, is how would she have done this? So uh, that's uh, and I, and I think we all need that, which is why I also mentioned at one point mentoring is important. Because I think we all need a mentor and it's important for all of us to mentor someone. It doesn't matter where you are in your career, you can find someone to mentor and you could hopefully find someone to mentor you. And I think both of those things are super, super important. So please, if you can, I think probably one of the most important things you can do right now is find both of those things because that will help you in your growth as a person and also in your career. Well, absolutely. That's a great great trait to have for sure. Well, Anthony, I want to thank you again so much for your time today. 
Um, for our listeners, again, this is Anthony Vigilante. Um, and again, he's a managing director in his discussion today on management and skills, although it was very brief, had some very good, good points in it. And I'm sure he'd be willing to visit with you down the road if you need more more tips and tricks. But again, Anthony, Absolutely. thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Laura. It's been a pleasure. A lot, lot, lot of fun. So thank you for uh, making this easy. You're, you're a true professional and you're not a make this easy because I would have been all over the place. So thank you for uh, keeping me in check.